Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Luis Garcia, and you're listening to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Pablo Machin. This is La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Hi, everyone. Welcome along to the La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Sakanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America as we recap match day nine, another eventful weekend in Spain's top division, especially at the top. Plenty to get through, so here's what's on the way in the next half hour. Barcelona now face a Clásico without Messi, despite their 4-2 win at home to Sevilla. Roman was there. I'm not exaggerating when I say that the Camp Nou looked like a funeral. At first it seemed like a normal intimidating foul, but after a bit you could see Messi was in pain. For Real Madrid, it's a fifth game without a win now in all competitions, losing at home to Levante. Here's Ewan. I think there are a lot of problems, but I think the most troubling one is a lack of motivation. They're slacking, and the fact that Sergio Ramos was allowed to turn up a day late for pre-season training is just one example where the wrong tone was set. Another day, another draw for Valencia. A Paco watched them squeak a point against Leganés at Mestalla. The fact is that Valencia have gotten better at defending, but they are still unable to score. There's no way they get to top level without their strikers increasing their accuracy. An athletic club continue to struggle as they come back to draw at Eibar. Alex gives us her take. Berizzo can't afford to start losing the trust of his players. Otherwise, it will be game over. The clock is ticking and results need to start arriving. Plus a Partidazo Predictions update. That's all coming up. So, Barcelona fans... How are you feeling? Admittedly, it was a frenetic start to their game against Sevilla on Saturday at the Camp Now. Lionel Messi had already assisted the opener for Philippe Coutinho on just two minutes, and then ten minutes later... Leo Messi in a bit of space, Messi gets it onto his left foot, and you know there's only one answer when that happens, and it is a goal for Barcelona, a goal for Leo Messi. But then literally moments after that... Messi making life difficult for Romana, picks up a knock, Messi down, holding on to that right elbow. He's patently in huge pain. Yes, this looked pretty serious. They're checking to see if there's been a fracture. You can see the doctor. People who care about this Catalan club are holding their breath right now. And he couldn't continue. And the applause is for Leo Messi as he makes his way towards the tunnel and um, 
chance of Messi, Messi ring around the ground. I have to say, in the long run, I think this has to be a sensible decision. So that's how those moments of real contrasting emotion went down on 11 sports in the UK. And sadly, it's the injury to Lionel Messi which has dominated the headlines now that Barcelona are into such a crucial trio of games. Messi is out for approximately three weeks after fracturing the radial bone in his right arm. So obviously that means the Inter Milan game on Wednesday in the Champions League and also a classic got on Sunday afternoon, as well as probably four more fixtures heading into the next international break. Messi had already made his impact on this game. That goal against Sevilla was his 32nd against this particular opponent, but his departure from the pitch gave the visitors hope at the camp now. Guillermo Arana rattled the post with a fierce shot and it took a Luis Suarez penalty for 3-0 after the Uruguayan had been upended by Thomas Vatschlik for the crowd to feel a little more comfortable. And as much as Ivan Rakitic's volley with a respectfully understated celebration was also impressive, you could argue that the more crucial actions were taken by Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. In particular, a couple of double saves from Andre Silva and Franco Vasquez to stop Sevilla getting back to 2-1 and then from Pablo Sarabia and Ben Yedder to avoid the 3-2. It took a deflected strike from Sarabia to beat him and then Luis Muriel right at the very end. But Barcelona go back top of the table courtesy of this 4-2 victory. Still, of course, it was Messi's injury which was the big talking point. And let's hear from Ali Galodan's Roman Derquer on this one. Roman, you're based in Barcelona. You were there at the camp now. Just describe the scenes around you as Messi got injured. In our recent YouTube chat with Lee Roden, we actually talked about the Messi dependence and how important he is for the team. And then this happens. I was at the stadium and I'm not exaggerating when I say that the Cam Nou looked like a funeral. At first it seemed like a normal intimidating foul, but after a bit you could see Messi was in pain. He's not your classic flopper who stumbles on the floor complaining, to then get up a few seconds later and as if nothing had happened. Messi is quite noble in this sense, so when you could see he wasn't getting up, people could smell the bad news. In an article by local journalist Tony Padilla, he described really well the people's reaction by saying, Younger culés stopped checking their phones. Elderly fans left their radio devices aside and security members who have to look at the stands couldn't avoid a quick peek at Messi. This comes to prove how important Messi is to the fans and the club. And with more crucial games on the way, it's of course the worst time for Barca to be without their talisman. How do you feel it will affect Ernesto Valverde's tactics going forward? To be honest, I don't think Valverde is going to change much. Against Sevilla, he brought Dembele on for the injured Messi, and the formation was pretty similar to what it had been. Obviously, Messi and Dembele are very different players. The Argentinian is incredibly creative and can handle receiving the ball in tight spaces, whereas Dembele needs a lot of space to run freely and provide crosses. So I'm guessing Coutinho could take on a similar role to Messi, connecting Barca's midfield and offence by filtering passes and trying his brilliant long-distance shots. He's probably the closest we have to Messi, but it's important to keep in mind that Messi is unique and it's impossible to replace him, no matter what Valverde tries. The team as a whole will have to step up and prove it can still compete at a very best level without their captain. Thanks, Roman. We now have a Clásico in prospect without Lionel Messi and, of course, without Cristiano Ronaldo. It's the first time that's happened since the 23rd of December 2007, so almost 11 years. It's time for someone else to stand up and take the spotlight. Well, this Barcelona game was our chosen match on Partidas Predictions and that Luis Muriel consolation meant that Ewan McTier was cruelly denied all three points, so instead he gets just one for getting the result right. Likewise, Roman and Paco Bolit, while Alex Johnson and myself get nothing. Uh, here's the table then. Ewan and Paco have nine points. Roman has five. Alex and myself have four points. 
to the continuing saga that is Real Madrid and a genuine crisis which is developing at the Estadio Bernabeu. They went into the international break with an embarrassing 1-0 defeat at Alaves, where they've come out of it with an arguably more shameful loss at home to Levante by two goals to one. And the visitors' goals came inside the first quarter of an hour. First, a Sergio Postigo ball over the top, controlled delightfully by the Levante captain, uh, Jose Luis Morales, who was excellent throughout uh, to take him away from Thibaut Courtois and guide the ball home. Poor defending there from Rafael Varane. And then a penalty was given by the VAR after a Varane handball. Uh, Roger Marti beat Courtois and suddenly the white hankies were out and the boos were ringing around the Bernabeu. Uh, the drama continued. VAR rolling out a Marco Asensio goal. Casemiro and Mariano hit the bar. After half-time, the changes. Gareth Bale on for Alvaro Odriozola, but no immediate impact. And by the time that Karim Benzema and Dani Ceballos came on, Madrid had set a new all-time club record for minutes without scoring. The drought eventually ended at eight hours, with Marcelo smashing a right-foot shot past the Levante keeper Oyer, who was also superb. Benzema, who had revived Madrid, then saw his rasping, curling effort come back off the post, and there was still time for yet more late drama. Mariano's effort ruled out for offside, Oyer keeping out a Benzema header. Levante held out 1-2 the final score. So, Lopetegui out... The run without scoring might be over, but the run without winning goes on. It's now five games in all competitions without victory, the last three of which all defeats. Five games without a win hasn't happened since the end of the 2008-09 season when Madrid lost five in a row. The pressure is mounting on the ex-Spain boss. Is he on the brink? Well, let's get the thoughts of our man in Madrid, Ewan Muktir. Uh, Ewan, we can't just blame it on the injuries anymore because Madrid had the international break to recover a lot of their players and everyone except Dani Carvajal was available for this game. So how do you explain what is happening at the club? Okay, David, if we look solely at the Levante game, this was a weird result. Real Madrid had 33 total shots, 12 of them on target, compared to the six total shots and two on target of Levante. As Marcelo put it, the ball just didn't want to go in. This was just a fluke day when God happened to have Levante on his coupon. The problem though, is that we're all viewing this game through the context of the four previous ones, where they hadn't scored and hadn't won. I think there are a lot of problems. You mentioned injuries, and a couple of weeks ago that was one of the issues. But I think the most troubling one is a lack of motivation. They're slacking, and the fact that Sergio Ramos was allowed to turn up a day late for pre-season training is just one example where the wrong tone was set. It does make sense. I mean, these guys have won three Champions Leagues in a row, but it does mean that there's a lack of urgency in their play, and I think it's telling that this La Liga season, they've scored four first-half goals and conceded eight, while scoring nine in the second halves and conceding just one. Cheers, Ewan, and more from him later. Meanwhile, the other big club in Madrid were over in the Valencian community, hoping to take their chance to go top later on Saturday, but they didn't make the most. Again, failing to beat Villarreal away, their game finished 1-1, and like Oyer at the Bernabeu, Jan Oblak was Atleti's hero at the Estadio de la Ceramica. Both goals came from fullbacks, randomly enough, in the second half. First, Felipe Luis with a header after Jose Ramiro Funes Mori had diverted a floated free kick into the box onto his own crossbar. Uh, the equaliser came from Mario Gaspar, uh, a scrappy effort when Atleti failed to clear their lines and a shot deflected off Alfonso Pedraza to Mario, who managed to beat Oblak. But Atletico's heroic keeper really proved his undoubted worth. He denied Gerard Moreno when he was one-on-one with the Slovakian after that, or indeed Carlos Baca, who suffered a hamstring injury. Also confusing here was one of the changes at half-time. 
Now, substituting Nikola Kalinic for Angel Correa might have made sense, but switching Rodri for Thomas Lamar? Atletico lost their midfield balance and the chance to go top. They needed Oblak to save them from what would have been a fifth defeat in seven meetings against Villarreal. And it could have been so different when Atletico had taken the lead. Normally, they can protect it. But Coque said they went backwards after scoring and Jose Jimenez said that they didn't know how to manage the match. A draw will have to do. Diego Simeone says the point is a good one as the league is brutally competitive this season. A decent illustration of that was Alaves winning yet again and going top on Friday night. Now, admittedly, they were taking on a Celta Vigo team fairly devoid of identity and playing style, but Alaves were content to surrender the ball, knowing that Celta didn't really have much cutting edge, especially without the injured Maxi Gomez. Now, of course, Yago Aspas is always a threat, but Fernando Pacheco, another standout keeper this season, beat out his free kick. The goal itself was simple enough. A deep diagonal ball from Ruben Duarte, which Junior Alonso just watched and failed to defend. Uh, Victor Laguardia hooked his right foot around it to centre it, and Tomas Pina pounced to turn it home. After Pacheco saved again this time from Sofian Bufal, well, Alaves could have actually had a second goal. Ibai Gomez, always a danger, with the outside of his right boot, with an effort which Sergio Alvarez had to tip onto his own bar. But 1-0 Alaves, it finished. Now, Alex Johnson was at this game at Balaidos for La Liga Lowdown. Uh, Alex, we've spoken before about Alaves and how their team have shot La Liga with their superstar, but what about Celta Vigo? Because they're winless in six. So what is going on there? And how much pressure is there now on Antonio Mohamed? Well, the pressure on Antonio Mohamed from the fans is huge. Friday was the first time where I've been to Balaidos and heard the fans whistle the team at full time. He's too old school in his coaching and he's not even preparing for the specific matches in training. And what makes it even more frustrating for the supporters is that you can see the quality and individual brilliance these players possess. And many of them are individually performing, especially Aguaspas and also teenage midfielder Fran Beltran. But there is no style of play, no strategy. Everyone is just on their own. However, we should still expect Mohamed to stay a bit longer because as he said on Friday, it's up to the board and I will work until they tell me not to anymore. And that board, more precisely, the president, Carlos Mourinho, has never sacked a boss in season in the last five years. And he's likely Antonio Mohamed's only fan in Vigo at the moment. Mourinho got great links to Mexico, which is where he found the Salsa boss. This is his man and a lot will need to happen for him to sack him. Cheers, Alex. We'll also hear from Alex again in the second part of this mini-pod. So, Barcelona top, Alaves third, sandwiched in between them are Espanyol, a team who have been perfect at home this season, but on Sunday they picked up their first away win of the campaign as well, 2-0 at Huesca, who have a new manager in Francisco. Borja Iglesias spoiled the coach's debut at the Estadio El Alcoraz, and he even had the ball in the back of the net after just five minutes, but it was ruled out for offside. Still, it showed that he was in the mood. Despite Huesca then asserting themselves in the first half, Espanyol scored just before the break. Cedro Garcia's superb pass allowed the Villa to set up Borja Iglesias. Really unselfish and a simple goal. And no real intensity from the hosts in the second half. And just after the hour, Moy Gomez lost the ball. Hernan Perez made the most. He picked up Borja, who drove towards goal and dinked the ball over Alexander Jovanovic. A coach, Rui, said that they had their feet on the ground, but that their attitude should be to fight for second place. It's been 21 years since they were last as high as this in the table after nine league games. But here's the thing. If Espanyol beat Real Valladolid in their next game on Friday night to kick off match day 10 they will go top if only overnight. We'll take the shortest of breaks now the other side of which we'll have the rest of the action from La Liga. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Rosa Karnov and broadcast in North America on Sirius XMFC 157, where we've discussed all of the top six in action on match day nine in La Liga. And going into the weekend, the game at the Estadio Vitorio Marin was a clash of seventh and eighth. Real Valladolid visited Rabetis and left with all three points to make it four wins in a row for the newly promoted side. The first 45 minutes were pretty forgettable for the home side. They failed to penetrate, they failed to register even a single shot on target, but oh, Valladolid did and it came in the 41st minute a super touch from Leo Suarez who is such talent a young winger Tony Villa then found Antonito who beat Paul Lopez on the half volley Betis did improve in the second half they made changes too but there was no change to the overall outcome because they just didn't understand how to beat the system tactically superb by Sergio Gonzalez Avadoli's ascent has been based on staying rock solid not just in defence but as a team keeping incredible shape they have the second best defence in La Liga behind only and predictably Atletico Madrid but talking about predictability how about Betis well they dominated most of the stats they had 20 shots but only four on target they had 62% possession they attempted more than 700 passes they had three more corners than Valladolid and here's another stat they're the team who scored the fewest goals in La Liga five in nine games that's fewer than all of the teams currently in the bottom three Huesca, Rayo and Leganes well, speaking of Rayo, they're involved in the first game on Sunday as they welcomed local rivals Hetafe to Vallecas for a Madrid derby. A bit too generous a welcome, it would appear, as Pepe Bordalas's side came away with all three points, having totally imposed their style on the encounter. Forget the first half, really not much happened at all. And then three goals in the space of 10 minutes. The first from Dimitri Fouquier, a header from a Vittorio Antunes cross. He out-jumped debutant and young left-back Sergio Akeme, whose first Aliga game then got worse four minutes later with an own goal. He diverted Jorge Molina's ball past his own keeper Alberto Garcia with Jaime Mata ready to pounce. Game not over yet though as Akimi atoned at least partly by setting up Raul de Tomas for 1-2 his third goal in as many home games since joining on loan from Real Madrid but in the remaining 15 minutes this game broke down completely with eight more yellow cards, one red if in doubt, ruin the momentum and the rhythm of the game to guarantee the result it's certainly not pretty, it's kind of effective it's just the Getafe way in attendance on a sunny Sunday lunchtime at Vallecas was our Ewan McTeer who gave his verdict on the 90 minutes. This was prime Hitafi. They're as physical as an ice hockey team. 
and as conniving as a season of Desperate Housewives. Once they have a lead, they don't let it go, and then infuriated the home fans with their time wasting and play acting. I swear, I even saw the team doctor wave an imaginary yellow card at one point, calling for a booking. I'm not even joking. They're experts in complaining and making the game dirty, Ryer Winger and Barbara said afterwards. And he has a point. But what matters is that Atafi held on for the win and that Ryo are left in a bit of a mess, which is five points from eight games. Michel, the coach, is under immense pressure. Nobody has spoken to me about my future at this moment, he said after the game. I suspect they might have a word soon, because this Ryo squad is talented with guys like Raul de Thomas, Imbula, Advincula, Kakuta, Alvaro Garcia. They just need a better attacking structure. So Rayo, second bottom on five points. Are the fans worried? You bet they are. There's not enough quality in the squad and then there's so many injuries, suspensions, rotations that every week is a different lineup, and then the team never settles and we just can't find the consistency. I think they just don't have the quality to be in first division right now. Defence is not stable. Planning during the summer was awful. It's mostly because of the board. I think that they're going to get relegated this season. From one derby to another as we headed to the Basque Country for Eibar against Athletic Club, who are suffering right now. A 1-1 draw at means that they haven't won since the opening day, and you've got to even question whether they were even good value for a point in this one. The first goal came courtesy of VAR. Inigo Martinez fouled Sergio Enrique in the box. Chadales scored the resulting penalty on 17 minutes, sending Yago Herrerin the wrong way. Athletic went route one for their equaliser four minutes later. A long ball forward, the slightest of flicks from Aritz Adariz, a little nod from Raul Garcia, and then Inaki Williams latched on and beat Asier Riesgo at his near post. Uh, Ibar dominated the game after that. Herrerin denying Fabian Orellana and Joan Dordan in quick succession and also tipping an Ivan Ramis header over the bar. Uh, but despite a couple of Mikel San Jose chances after that, Athletic Club were poor. Uh, let's check back in with Alex Johnson here. Uh, Alex, Dodeberito conceded their worst performance of the season. So where does the fault lie? This might sound a bit crazy, but I think we should still be patient with Eduardo Berizzo. Athletic knew when they hired him that it would take time, that it's a long-term project and getting everything in place won't just happen overnight. That said, the match against Eibar raises a few alarms. Even if the results were missing before the trip to Iporua, the performance had been improving. But against Eibar, we saw a huge step backwards. Berizzo played Munein and Unai Lopez in midfield in an attempt to circulate the ball and attack, but it completely failed. And Munein ended up being isolated for most of the match before leaving the pitch furious and his reaction, knocking a bottle out of the hands of one of the coaching staff is a big concern because Berizzo can't afford to start losing the trust of his players, otherwise it will be game over, the clock is ticking and results need to start arriving. Thank you Alex, well Valencia fans might be finding watching the team pretty difficult so far this season, it is draw after draw after draw, it was no different on Saturday, they were held 1-1 by Leganes at home in the rain uh, really not much to report in the first half here either, but there was awful defending early in the second as Ezequiel Garay kicked Oscar Rodriguez, which led to a VAR penalty. Jera Gumbau set Neto the wrong way for Legas opener. Uh, Valencia then tried to lay siege to the away goal. Uh, Daniel Vaz side-footing over the bar and eventually Dani Parejo laying off to Jose Gaia to fire a shot deflected off Juan Fran and over Pichu Cuellar for the equaliser on 85 minutes. Uh, Kevin Gamero also nipped a Parejo ball through past Cuellar, but it was cleared off the line and it finished on is even for Valencia's seventh draw in nine league games this season against an opponent who didn't even want to attack 
frustrating is putting it mildly for Los Che. Our Paco Polit was huddled under his umbrella at Mestalla. A Paco, how concerning is this now for Valencia and what exactly isn't working for Marcelino? Well, the truth is it was a nasty game to play with sun at the beginning and then lots of rain pouring down. But the Gota Fria isn't the one to blame for Valencia's poor start of season. The fact is that Valencia have gotten better at defending, but they are still unable to score. There's no way they get to top level without their strikers increasing their accuracy. Marcelino was very angry in this sense after the game, saying that scoring only three times is awful for the four forwards this season. Additionally, Valencia played with a 3-5-2 tactic in the second half, but some players such as Daniel Vaz ended dizzy inside the pitch after playing in three different positions. Also, don't forget this, the Mestalla fans are having lots of patience. Under any other circumstances, the people would be criticizing heavily the 10 points out of 27 to date. If Valencia don't start winning now, their rivals will be impossible to catch later this season. As you can imagine, Valencianista fans aren't pleased with the current performance of their team. It's really difficult to understand why after two months of competition we cannot win. It's going to be impossible no, for our strikers to score a goal. I'm really worried about the whole team, but well, keep going. Maybe Marcelino needs to step back and analyze what's been going on, what's working, what isn't working. But it's getting really frustrating, not just for me, but for the fans in the stadium and I can tell some of the players are getting frustrated as well. The least eventful game of the entire match day was on Monday night, a mid-table affair between Real Sociedad and Girona. It really felt that way, especially with William José and Cristian Stuani on the bench and not appearing until the second half. Girona's Bono was the busy of the two keepers in this 0-0 draw, denying John Bautista, Miquel Oyarzabal, Ruben Pardo and he diverted Sandro's effort onto the post twice, so Girona escaped with a point. Real Sociedad still haven't won at home this season in four games and Girona still unbeaten away. Well, this is how the top of the table looks. Barcelona top on 18 points from nine games, and then Espanyol second and Alaves third with 17 from nine. A Sevilla and Atletico fourth and fifth respectively on 16 points from nine games, and then Real Valladolid are sixth on 15 points from nine games, ahead of Real Madrid, 14 from nine. At the bottom, Huesca continue to prop up the table on five points from nine games. Second bottom, Rayo also have five from eight games. And then come Leganes with eight points from nine games, and Athletic Club still just above the relegation zone with eight points from eight games. And they head to Vallecas to play Rayo in that rescheduled game on Wednesday, by the way. And then come Villarreal, who are fifth bottom on nine points from nine games. Well, that's about it for this mini-pod. Before we go, just a reminder of where else you can find us on other platforms. So much going on this week with the Champions League, Europa League as well, and Messi's injury, of course, all hell breaking loose at Real Madrid. Well, the best way to keep across all of that is on our Twitter feed. We are at La Liga Lowdown on Twitter. Uh, Don't forget, our YouTube channel is worth checking out with the regular videos coming out all the time youtube.com forward slash c forward slash la liga lowdown is the url for that one or simply put la liga lowdown into your search engine the website is there too check it out www.laligalowdown.com and if you like this mini pod give us a nice five star rating it really does help that's your la liga lowdown we'll see you next time was a radio staccato production. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 